For those in our Charlotte community, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute, uh, but I'm happy to be back. I'm really excited with our first guest for the year. Journalist Ashley Mahoney joins us. Ashley is a reporter for Axios and covers everything from sports to breaking stories that are happening around the city. She has been a great resource for all of us when it comes to getting to know all about Charlotte FC. Uh, she talks about her journey down to Charlotte and how she learned to chase her passion and learned all about uh, what she can to progress into the talent that she is today as a reporter and journalist. So Ashley, thank you again so much for taking the time to chat and all of the photography opportunities that you have given me. Uh, it means the world. And I hope you all enjoy the episode. I'll see you next time. All right, you set? Um, so I wanted to start it off by saying thank you. Um, bringing the show back, like, um, it means a lot that you'll be the first guest. You're just one of the nicest people that I've met. Oh gosh. Uh, being in Charlotte. High bar. Very and I high think, bar. I think a lot of people can agree when I say the talent that you bring to everything you do, every story you do, uh, it shines every time. And yeah, I'm just very thankful. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I mean, now I feel like my head's so big that I'm not going to be able to walk out of the office. But thank you for <laughs> one, thinking of me. And the, yeah. I mean, the feeling is mutual. I'm such a huge fan of you as a person and as a friend and a coworker and a photographer. So when you asked, I was just like, oh, thank you. Love it. That, that means a lot. So thank you. We're almost out of 2022. And I just want to know how you're feeling. How am I feel? I am tired. Am mm. I allowed to say that? Yes, Are we allowed 100%. to be? Okay, well, I am tired. I'm also very thankful because it's been a wonderful year. You know, a lot of work goals have been achieved. A lot of personal goals have been achieved. So I'm looking forward to taking the final week of the year off. I'm very, very, very excited to do that. Yeah. Was it more of a, a slower year or more? Is it different? kind of year it was my it was you know my first full year Mm. with axios and really embracing the full transition but it was also a unique year in the sense that we had a number of new faces which was both wonderful but also there were times where i was asked to i was challenged to step up which was a great challenge i mean like the day the that the dobbs decision came out that was a challenging day because there was so much happening, mm-hmm. but also knowing that it was very important for us to be on the front line of giving our readers accurate information. And I feel like I'm giving you a PR pitch here. It's just, it's been, <laughs> it's been a good year. It's yeah. also been a very exhausting year and a lot of that I put on myself because I like to bite off more than I can chew yeah so I just walk around with little chipmunk cheeks of like I'll get to it eventually (laughs) no I I like hearing that because uh, you you see anybody that you look at their work and look at everything they're doing but like when it comes down to it like that's a lot Mm -hmm. and you don't really think about what happened in the previous months and year Mm -hmm. and then when you get to sit down and think about it like, okay wow yes. 
My God, it's a long year. It has been a very, yeah. very long and rewarding year. Good. I think one of my favorite moments was definitely the Eastland story and mm-hmm. knowing that we had that scoop, but it was also the same night that <laughs> Charlotte FC hosted Chelsea and you were shooting that game for us. You shot some of my favorite Charlotte FC photos ever. Um, but knowing that I was walking into that press box and you were down on the field, I was just like, yeah, yeah Galaxias. Awesome. Yeah. And then Tepper walked right in front of me. And you got some great photos of <laughs> him. Like, some great, great photos work, of him that are in that out. story. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I had, I have like a adapter that goes right into my phone. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ashley would need this like now-ish. <laughs> uh, I remember that was pretty funny. That was perfect timing. Absolute perfect timing. Now, on this podcast, does anyone ask you like, how are things going for you? Are we allowed to ask you questions? Sure, yeah, of course. How are things going for you? Uh, great, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, a lot's happened this year. Uh, you got both, married. Yeah, got That's married. A, anything that I can add to my like list of milestones this year, like that trumps <laughs> it all. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, April. Oh, so far away, almost a year now. Um, yeah, it's. Um, a lot of good personal uh, and professional goals that um, I didn't know I had that I accomplished. So it was just a long year, but rewarding uh, as to what you're saying too. And I'm tired as well. Yes. <laughs> We're both looking yeah. forward to the break that yeah. comes with the holidays. And looking forward looking to, forward to just kicking it off next year and seeing what else happens. So pumped. I would love to hear how you wound up in Charlotte. So uh, I meet a very handful of people um, that are actually from here. And I always find it interesting because everybody has such a different, unique story on why they moved to Charlotte. So I would love to just hear that journey growing up from upstate New York down to Charlotte. Oh, the New Yorkers who, we we keep making our way down here. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, especially as someone who always kind of poked fun at the South as a kid. I'm like, I'll never live there. But when you have an older, wiser, big sister who says, you know, come to Charlotte after you graduate from college. Like, you don't have plans to go to grad school or anything. You don't have a job lined up. Just come to Charlotte and see what happens. And she challenged me to give Charlotte six months. We're going on nine years now, so something turned out right. But I grew up in a teeny tiny little town called Calicoon, New York. Not a lot of people have heard of it, but if you are familiar with the Woodstock Festival, the original Woodstock Festival, then you may know of a place called Bethel, New York. Go about 15 minutes northwest and you'll run into Calicoon. But she, you know, told me come down here and I knew that I wanted to write. I had every intention of going to law school until I studied abroad my senior year. And, you know, it was a very picturesque but also kind of cliche moment of taking a Hemingway intensive and reading uh, one of his books, I can't remember which, on the side of a mountain that overlooked the sea in northwest Wales. It's called Roman Camp. If you ever have a chance to go there, I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's beautiful. But I was just sitting there on this bench, curled up with this book, thinking, I don't want to go to law school. I don't want to be an attorney. I have no desire to do any of that. I want to write. And much to my mother's chagrin, who said, you'll be a journalist and you'll never make any money. Don't do it. I did it. And I spent about 
seven, eight years with the Charlotte Post, which is a, an, an institution here. I have to give full credit to Herb White. He taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. And he journalistically was my fairy godfather and also raised me. He took a chance on a kid with no experience and molded her into an award-winning journalist. So for that, I will forever be grateful for. But it also opened a lot of doors for coverage from everything from city council to um, presidential campaigns to the Panthers to high school football. Learning how to keep your own stats for high school football (laughs) is really fun, Um, especially at those schools where the hash marks aren't particularly defined and you just kind of look at it like, was the ball on the 30 or the 35? I'm not quite (laughs) sure. But... um, Yeah, so I covered a little bit of everything there and then saw the agenda was acquired by Axios and um, just had always been encouraged by my colleagues at The Post. If there is an opportunity for you to grow and expand, take it. And here we are. Wow. Fascinating. So you had no experience going into The Post. I am an accidental journalist, yes. Wow. Awesome. I was told for years not to tell anyone that because like people will think less of you. I was also told as a 22-year-old not to let people know that I was only 22. Had you know some people mistaking me for a 40-year-old, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, I think there's something to be said for not being you know the deer caught in the headlights in that moment. But there's also something to be said for not being ashamed of where you come from or coming in with you know. A limited oh, yeah. experience. hundred percent. But I mean, there are people who will judge you for it, but those are also the people you don't need to be spending time with. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I had retail experience before coming here and I mean, I give, uh, the people who hire me like so much credit and like, I'm so thankful because I had no experience in any of this, but I knew I could do it. And I'm feeling like the same thing that you had that mindset of like, I can learn it. I want to do it. And I'm willing to put in the effort to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I never knew that. It's fascinating. Love it. Yeah. I think that's. I think that makes it more meaningful for you uh, in every aspect of like how far you've come right. and the things that you've accomplished in that in that career. That's there's there's definitely that sense of well, something Herb always challenged me with is to make sure that I passed along my knowledge. To someone else. He said, mm. I'm teaching you all of this so that way when you're faced with someone who is not necessarily just like you but kind of comes to you with that sense of, hey, I want to learn, I want to grow, I have questions, it's your turn to teach them. So I wouldn't say I've been the world's best teacher, but hopefully I've helped someone yeah. <laughs> along the way, the way that, I mean, I, I don't think I've touched anyone's life the way that he did mine. Um, I would always joke that and say that I was the adopted daughter that he didn't plan on having. <laughs> but, mm. um, yes, I hopefully in a similar way to other journalists, especially um, when you think about um, someone like Grant Wall and what he did for young journalists, I am certainly nowhere near that level. But to just be able to bring people along, hopefully yeah. it's not a, a solo journey. Yeah. Um, so at your time there, you started the Queen City Football Chronicle. KCFC, my baby, yeah. yes. Uh, where did that passion for uh, the sport come from? In large part, my dad. Okay. I remember growing up, and my parents were 
unique in the sense that they didn't have cable TV. So anything that I wanted to watch, it was, you know, that era of the 90s, it was a VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of recorded soccer games and then, you know, VHS turned into DVDs and we had a lot of Anson Dorrance, um, the women's coach and former national team coach for, um, well, still with North Carolina, but the former national team coach for the U.S. women's national team. And so between learning about the competitive cauldron, I would fall asleep on his lap watching coaching videos. And, you know, the 2002 World Cup highlights and things like that and recorded VHS tapes of Manchester United playing Chelsea. I don't know how we got any of those. <laughs> some of them I That's bought. Awesome. Yeah, like some of them I bought for him once I was, you know, a teenager. Yeah. But a lot of it, I'm like, where? Soccer wasn't readily available in the right. 90s. Where was all of this coming from? Right. So that was um, the way that some kids grow up with their dads watching football or whatever the sport may be. That was it for me. And mm -hmm. I just became obsessed with it. I yeah. can't explain why, but it's just been this unhealthy obsession for many, many years. And I was certainly not good enough to play professionally, but I could write about it. And that was my way of staying connected with the game. So cool. that's where KCFC was born. Herb was kind enough to let me write about it until I ran myself into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Are you surprised with how the city wrapped its arms around FC? Or did you know that football here was what it is now? To be completely candid, it's about damn time. Yeah, okay. I think that it's it's frustrating in the sense of knowing that Charlotte loves things that are shiny and new. And it's had soccer here for so long. Right. And granted, it had been run maybe not to the most efficient level, mm -hmm. but to just see a city wrap its arms around something because it's major league, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. But I'm not disappointed with the stories that I told for years and years and years and years, yeah. whether it was high school kids, club level, college kids. I remember driving to Meisenheimer, for those of you who are, who are familiar with Pfeiffer University, because they had several players who played for the Charlotte Eagles here, and they were pursuing a second national championship. Mm -hmm. And um, now I look back at that and think, what was I doing? But there were some amazing stories that were told yeah. out of that. So it's nice to see the passion surrounding Charlotte FC. I hope it's sustained for their second season, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, have there been any proud moment that stands out to you in your, um, could be your personal life um, or anything in your career uh, that has led you to the person that you are right now? Hmm. I'd have to say it was, I can't remember if it was late August or early September, probably early September because Labor Day weekend is when college football starts, but I was standing on the field, uh, the cut at Johnson C. Smith University, Charlotte's HBCU, and you know I was covering their opening game against Wingate and was having kind of a 
a come to Jesus moment with myself about some things both personally and professionally mm-hmm. and just feeling like I don't want to try anymore. I'm just I'm done. I want to give up. And thankfully decided um, in that moment in the very picturesque sunset falling behind the stands as Wingate was thoroughly kicking Smith's butt. Um, it was it was not good. They've struggled with football for a long time. But just deciding, okay, like we're going to get back up and we're going to try again. And it led me to Axios. It led me to some very filling personal and professional relationships that I carry with me to this day. So just kind of that feeling of you can get up one more time you can try again yeah one more time so it's not a big moment for anyone else other than me and no one else there probably had any idea what was going on in my head but that that moment sticks with me love it and do you have any uh goals that you want to achieve whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now well, a Pulitzer at some point, of course. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I was very fortunate to work on a project at the Post that was Pulitzer funded. So I said, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like a Pulitzer Prize at some point in my career. Obviously, I have not done anything Pulitzer worthy yet, but yeah. someday. And I Absolutely. would, uh, I would like to publish my novel at some point, rather than letting it just sit on. Um, on the shelf in my home, handwritten because I'm stubborn wow. like that. Yeah. Um, How far are you into it? It's finished. It's just no something I started in college and had this goal of finishing it before I turned 25, which okay. I did. And um, full transparency, I'm 30. So that was a little while ago. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to actually dust it off and remove all of the very rough things from when I was 19 and you know even if it's something that's you know read by a handful of people I'd like to actually you know see it leather bound and yeah. it'd be a fancy hardcover it wouldn't be paperback yeah oh my gosh I, lo- I mean I'm sure I can speak for everybody that listens to this that wants to read it I I opened it once um since then it's rough yeah. It's definitely got that rough, you know, first draft attempt uh, feel. Love it's it. Like, okay, we need to dust you off a little bit and give yeah. you some polish and look at you with seasoned eyes now. Because right now I'm just like, oof, oof, oh, okay. <laughs> we wrote this. We wrote this. Yes. Okay. What are your picks for the World Cup? This will be after the fact, but if you get it right, it would be great. If I get it there. right, I should be betting on this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, we know as of this afternoon yeah. that it will be an Argent- Argentina versus blank in the final. Yeah. So that will either be Morocco or France. I think logically it will be Argentina versus France. Idealistically, I'd love to see Argentina versus Morocco, and I'd love to see Morocco sell Cinderella story go all the way. But... I think France does it again. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I just hope Olivier Giroud doesn't score. Yeah. And then uh, thoughts on FC next year. Better or equal to what they did this year? Better. Okay. I think. I agree with that, too. If, if you're going off of how they performed against the Red Bulls in the season finale, worse. Yeah. Or 
kind of standard, but that was a lackluster finish. If you're going off of how they played against Philadelphia and Columbus, they have a tremendous amount of potential. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see who they bring in in the next couple of months. You know, obviously the World Cup's going on right now. Super Draft yeah. is coming up in a matter of days. Wow, it's, it's years flying by. Yep. But I do think that there's a lot more room for potential. There have been, of course, rumors about who they're targeting. But we'll see. I, th I think there's... If they can keep their uh, head coach through the entire season, that will be success in my yes, book. 100%. So, cool. Yes. Um, there's one more thing I just wanted to talk about. If you would love to talk about it, if not, I get it. I wanted to ask you about the scholarship fund from your mother. Yes. And I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you did to honor her. And reading, reading through it, I would love to just hear just a little bit more about um, giving kids a chance and artists a chance. I think it's great. And I think from never meeting the woman, you could tell that she was a wonderful person. So how did that, how did that start? And is that something that's still to this day going on? Well, I appreciate you asking the tough questions. So the synopsis there, my... Mom died in 2017. She had stage four colon cancer and she was an artist. She was a tremendous artist. Uh, a lot of the artwork in my home is you know, by her. She was, she had so many wonderful qualities and there were definitely times I also hated her, but I'm sure that every daughter can say that about their mother. <laughs> so we won't sugarcoat it. Like, um, we, you know, we've decorated our home for the first time. That was one of our, I guess, accomplishments from this year. And there have been just little things where I'd want to say, like, dang, I really want to call mom right now and mm -hmm. ask her some questions. But, you know, can't do that. But she, um, she had this tremendous lack of belief in herself, not only as an artist, but in a lot of things. She went through a very traumatic existence, um, both as a kid and a teenager and an adult, all the way down to getting cancer and dying at the age of 65. But she had this way of, despite all of the trauma that she experienced, of just nurturing people. And especially my best friend back in New York, whose um, family didn't quite show her the same sort of encouragement. So she and my mom would paint together. And okay. she would always tell me like how much she appreciated that my mom was always encouraging her. At the same time, my mother is saying, like asking people like, will you teach me how to paint? Will you teach me how to paint? I'm like, mom, you don't need anyone to teach you how to paint. Like you're freaking mm -hmm. amazing. You have no formal training and you're, you're just, you just got such a natural talent. But she had no belief in herself. She always had kind of that idea that you needed formal training to be good at something. And that just was not the case for her at all. But um, there are, there is something to be said for having the ability to study art. So in 2018, again, apparently something about sitting over a hill in this big picturesque thing, I went back to where I took her ashes in Scotland and 
I don't know if that's legal in Scotland, so hopefully no one in Scotland is listening to this and saying they're going to arrest me. But um, I, I went back to where I took her ashes in Scotland with a friend after we went hiking for my birthday and said, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a scholarship for her that's going to benefit artists. So the Mary Mahoney Memorial Scholarship from 2018 through 2021, um, it went on hiatus in 2022, um, benefited an artist. But the first year, it was a Northwest School of the Arts alumna. The next three years, it wound up being students who attended UNC Charlotte. And it was never something where it was a formal application process because as a student, I hated when people were like, oh, you have to go and apply and tell me about yourself. Write right. me an essay. I'm like, I'm going to talk to some teachers and some members of the faculty and staff at these different art programs and say, who needs this? Who, who's worthy of this? Who is in a financial pickle and can really benefit from this? And it wasn't a lot of money. It was around $1,300. It was the combination of her birthday, 718, and my birthday, 612. So it was not a lot of money. But I initially did it through the Charlotte Post Foundation. And when I left, they said that they wanted me to take it with me awesome. rather than have That's it amazing. run through them. Um, and I have not set up a 501c3 yet or figured out how to do any of that because I want to make sure that people who donate are receiving um, tax benefits as they should be for yeah. any donation. And this year has been a bit of a whirlwind and that was placed on the back burner. So it is something that I plan to bring back in 2023. There's just nothing to it right now. It's just, there's no way to give. There's nowhere to give right, right. now because I don't want to just set up a GoFundMe and not have people receive any sort of benefits right. from it. So 2023 coming soon. That's amazing. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that. And you're saying no formal training and having ample amount of talent. Like you, mother, like daughter, who yeah, knew? That's great. Well, I uh, can't thank you enough for, for this and, and just um, a lot of the things that I didn't think I was capable of accomplishing with photography things in this city. You've given me the chance to do that. And I say thank you all the time, but truly thank you because it's it's given me that um, feeling that and just the confidence in knowing that I can do that when it's always something that I've wanted to try. And um, it means a lot. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you're one of my favorite photographers in the city. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, <laughs> well, but the photo that you took during <laughs> the snowstorm or Charlotte's version of a snowstorm as New Yorkers were like, it was like a dusting, it was half oh, an yeah. inch of snow with that. But the photo of Church Street, that looks like something out of just a, like a, a childhood Christmas picture book. It, it reminds me of a Thomas Kincaid painting. Wow. And that was one of my mom's favorite. Like she, she loves oh, his work. Awesome. So seeing that photo just kind of evokes yeah. all of those childhood memories for me. It's, it's one of my favorite. And of course the photo of the corner kick against Chelsea that you took at the Charlotte yeah. FC match in July. That was fun. It was, it's, again, but I mean, I remember the first night for, and it was, thankfully, you were there to shoot their 
first win, but I remember that night just saying like the same thing I remembered her always telling photographers at the post, emotional content. Yeah. Just find emotional content. Yeah. And you've made me so, so proud with the work that you've done and hopefully yourself proud as well. Yes, definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to see what you do going forward. Um, Michael said this when you were hired that you're going to make good internet and you've made great internet and uh, I can't wait to see what else is to come so Likewise. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. having me.